WFH with two guys. Now here's Benny and Dennis. One of the things that I know, Dennis, is I put a lot of time and effort into building out my my business plan from a, a startup perspective. But I know that as you and I have been entrepreneurs for a long time now, part of what we have to look is, you know, how do we how are we going to transition our business? How are we going to exit our business? You know, you and I both work for large companies and we were subject to both acquiring and being acquired in, in those type of environments. But I think it's really important for us as business owners to start thinking about the about what we're going to do as we kind of transition out of our business. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it's one of those ones, I mean, many business owners just assume that the business is going to thrive and be there and everyone's going to want to work or do what they do. But then some event comes along or something changes and all of a sudden they don't have a plan. And then how do how do I exit this thing? It's like I built yeah. this business. What do I do with it? Mm-hmm. Um, so today we've got Craig joining us. Craig is an expert around strategy and, and also about that whole, how do you build your business and how do you exit it if you want? And so yeah. Craig, welcome. Welcome, Craig. Thank you guys. I'm glad to be here. So tell us a little bit, Craig, you know, we, we spend a lot of time talking about starting a business, operating our business, but uh, we don't really think in terms of what that looks like from a, you know, way in the future, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to will my, my kids are going to take over my business or whatever. And, and we know as things go, that's not necessarily the plan. Right. What, what's the importance? Why is it important? We think about exiting our business at some point. You know, what's funny is for a lot of business owners, they probably, they may have a retirement account, right? Mm -hmm. An 401k and ERISA something. And that they're thinking long-term, mm-hmm. but probably the biggest asset that they own is their business mm-hmm. and they don't think about that long-term, right? And so there's a mindset shift, I think, for a lot of small business owners. They need to think about their business like an asset. And for unfortunately, for, for a lot of business owners, they really, they think about their, their businesses, they're owning their job. Hmm. They have employees, they may do uh, several million dollars in revenue or more, but it's still, they just own their job and they're not thinking about it. Like they think about their retirement account of how do I protect this thing and how do I grow this thing so that I can, you know, feed off of it later on in my life when I want to get out, when I want to retire. So what you're saying, Craig, is that the way that we just perceptually think about our companies and our day to day, that really needs to be a mind shift. Right. And I think you gave us, you know, earlier before we started recording, you gave us a great example. Can you talk a little bit about how, like, what's a great example of how we should be looking at our business? Yeah. So a lot of us have rental properties, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we buy this rental property and we know uh, that we're going to get monthly rental income, right? We get the income from the renters, we pay the mortgage and maintenance, and there should be some money left over and we get that monthly rental income. Mm-hmm. But we also know because it's real estate that at some point in the future, we can sell that rental property for more than we paid for it. It's not just a stream of income coming in every month. It's also an asset that will appreciate and that we can sell. And we need to have that same mindset when it comes to our businesses. It's not just monthly income. It's not just our salary or the perks that we get as we run run those things through our business. 
it's also an asset that we can sell. And if we think about our business in that way, it completely changes the day-to-day mm-hmm. activities that we do inside that business, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, if, if I told you that there's eight things that you could do to your rental property to make sure that it's sold for the maximum amount possible, when you finally go to sell it, you'd be like, oh, tell me what those eight things are, right? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of it's the same way with the business. There's some key things that we can do with our business that makes it sellable and makes it sell for the most amount of money. When you told me that initially, and Dennis, I think, you know, you and I probably were thinking the same thing is that I really, it was really, it's a nice mind shift too, because I am a landlord. I do have rental property. And I know that part of what I have to look at is I have to put assets, you know, money back into growing my asset, into making sure that the appearance looks nice. I'm, I'm good. At, like I had to put in a brand new backyard a few years ago. And that's the type of mentality if if I'm not mistaken, people really don't look at that job, their job or their business necessarily in that same way. Right? right. Yes. A lot of some small business owners do, but a lot of small business owners don't. Right. Hmm. They're not thinking. That, so every business is going to exit at some point in time. Right. It's either just going to shut down. The owner is going to say, well, I'm done with this. Um, it's going to exit due to bankruptcy because there's not enough cash to run it. Um, or it's going to exit through transition to some other owners, whether that's, you know, the business partners, the kids, an outright sale to a third party, whatever it might be. And every business is going to go through that. Well, you know, Stephen Covey said, start with the end in mind. Well, the end of a business is that exit. So let's start with what we want for that exit, that exit to be and, and make our business decisions around maximizing that value for the exit that we want. So when you, when you uh, think about the whole idea of, of, of an exit, how do you, how do you, how do you go about starting? What do, what do we have to think about Craig? Uh, you know, let's just say I, I'm, you know, I'm an entrepreneur of my, my business isn't quite startup phase anymore. It's, it's, it's an ongoing concern doing pretty well, got a book of customers, bringing in revenue every month, what should we be doing and how should we be looking at our business today? If right. maybe I'm going to retire in 20 years or, you know, 15 years, whatever it happens to be, right. what should we be doing? So, you know, you mentioned earlier putting in the backyard and doing some maintenance for your rental property, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, you know, there's a lot of things that you're doing to that rental property years before you want to sell it, right? You're not thinking, oh, I want to sell this thing in six months or 12 months. Oh man, now I need to go do all this stuff and put all this money in. It's too late. You're doing all of that stuff well ahead of time. And that's the same kind of a thing that we need to do with our businesses is, is think about what are the things that we can do now, whether we want to exit tomorrow or 20 years from now, hmm. right? What are the things we're going to do to build up the value of that business and start doing those today, regardless of when we're going to exit? So the first step in exit is building the value of the business, making the business sellable to other people, and then maximizing how much other people would pay for that business. That's the first step. When we're ready to exit, there's a ton of other steps, but let's start with that business value. Go ahead, Craig. I know lots of people that own a business don't even think that someone would even want to buy it. I mean, how, how do you help someone even kind of realize that, Hey, they've got this, they think it's a job business 
you know, that's the first step. How do you right. see the value? How do you say, hey, this thing is worth something to someone else? Yeah. Um, you know, that's a great question. It, you know, in some cases, um, the business is the owner, right? I am a consultant. Mm -hmm. um, as of right now, the business is me. Um, uh, McKinsey and company started as, you know, a single consultant. And now it's an ongoing concern. It's more than just that one person. So the first thing to think about for any owner is how do I extract myself from the business? So the business is not the owner, right? In many cases, the no matter how big, the, if it's a, a $6 million lawn care company, let's just say, who's selling the lawn care? The owner, right? In many cases, the owner is the rainmaker, right? We call this the rainmaker's dilemma. How does the owner continue to sell but also extract themselves from the data running of the business, right? So if they died tomorrow, um, the it's kind of morbid. If they decided to go away tomorrow, <laughs> go to Tahiti for for a year, um, the the business would still continue to run, right? And so so one of the first things that we always do is look and say, okay, what are the things the owner is involved in, and how do we transition those things out of the owner, right? Whether it's sales or support. Um, and so understanding those things and, and getting the owner out of every aspect of the business is the first way to make a business sellable. That way you're not selling the owner and the owner's time. You're truly selling an asset that can run by itself because if somebody else is going to buy your business, they're going to want to buy the business that runs itself, not buy the owner. I mean, if they're going to do that. They just go you know, hire the owner as an employee instead of buying their business. Yeah. And, and I remember – Years ago, when Bill Gates retired from Microsoft, I, and uh, a, a friend of mine who happened to be a coach as well, he was saying, "Look, you know, take a look at what Bill Gates did. He he retired from his business, and the business doesn't need him to run. It, in fact, it got much bigger after he left. Right. And you know, Jeff Bezos, same thing with Amazon. I, I think, say, you know, yep. it's this exact type of environment. And so, you're saying that we as business owners should be looking to do something similar, even though we're not necessarily at that scale." Maybe we have a couple million dollars in it. You know, our business is doing. We need to be thinking about how we can make the business without me being at the helm. Right. Exactly. Right. Yes. I mean, there's. Yeah. Um, I really talk about owner leverage. So the leverage of the owner, how they leverage their time, their expertise, and their money, how they leverage those things to create a business that runs without them, and that's really what we're looking to do is leverage the time, expertise, and money of the owner. Craig, listen, this has been really interesting. And I, and I think from that perspective, what are there some other things that business owners should be doing too? Instead, you know, obviously, the, you know, moving them out of the business is really important. Anything else? What would you say would be another thing we should concentrate on? Yeah, I think probably the most important thing is creating the firm's strategy. And what I mean by strategy is how the firm wins in the market and then creates the results that they want for themselves. So basically how they sell their products to the market they compete in, and then how they extract some of that sales value for themselves in the form of, of profits, right? And so understanding that, creating a strategy that allows them to compete and win in the market, and then keep a share of the profits for themselves is, is the next thing. That, that, that competition, 
winning in the market is really, really the whole thing. You know, just competing on price or just competing on the fact that owner is really good at sales or really knows um, a lot, has a lot of contacts. When the owner extracts himself from being the salesperson, now all of a sudden that goes away, right? We have to have something else we're competing on besides just price or the owner's personality. So when we think about creating strategy and developing our business, it, it's, it seems to me that it's really important to know where we stand and you, you know how we stand amongst our competitors, how well we're doing in the industry in general. Right. I, I'm sure you probably have some stories that you could share with us about people who maybe didn't really do any research and thought, hey, this is where I need to be and this yeah. is what I need to do. Do you have anything like that to share with yeah. us? So, uh, so I was talking with a prospect and um, they said that they wanted uh, their EBITDA, their profitability to be 20%. And I said, why 20%? They said, well, we want to double in the next three years. I said, seems like a a reasonable goal, right? Like reasonable, right? I mean, you know, you think you can double it in three years. That's wonderful. So I went and looked in a database and found out that the best in class, the company with the best EBITDA in their industry was 14%. (laughs) I went back and said, so you basically, you're telling me that you're going to be 50% better than the very best company in your industry. And of course, the answer was, you know, we didn't know that, right? I mean, is the industry going to get that much more profitable over time just all by itself? They said, I don't know. I said, are you guys doing anything to introduce new products or services that either you can charge a lot more for or your cost of producing them is going to be dramatically less? And they said, no. And I said, well, then, you know, the the chances of you reaching 20% EBITDA are basically zero, Mm. right? So understanding the, the first part of strategy of learning how to compete and win in the market is understanding the market, understanding what your competitors do, what their profitability is like, what their value propositions, how they compete are like, um, what different factors like their cost of goods sold or how much labor they spend, what those are, and then understanding what are the things that the that, that, the consumer, your your prospects buy. Why do they buy? Um, why would they buy from you? Looking at trends, right? We all went through COVID. All of a sudden, everything about our world changed. Competition changed. Well, those drastic things don't happen very often, but there's a lot of little things that change. Maybe there's a regulation or a, or a law um, in your in your home city or hometown that's going to completely change the way that you can compete, and you can leverage that. Now people are going to buy from you instead of from somebody else who isn't leveraging that law. And so really understanding those things is really important for creating a strategy. It sounds like to me that there's a lot of work that needs to be done when, you know, it seems like it's actually not a bad idea for you to be able to stay, take a step back and look objectively at your business, but it's not something where you can pull ideas out of the, you know, off your backside here and say, Oh, we're going to do this. And we're gonna do that. It sounds like it's a fairly uh, systematic approach and it really needs to be thoughtful. huh? Yeah. I think, you know, 80% of business success can come from, you know, common sense and hard work, mm-hmm. but that last 20%, you really need an outside perspective. And that's what business coaches, leadership coaches, consultants, that's really what the good ones do is bring an outside perspective. And that can be really important for closing that last 20% gap, right? That's that's the hardest part, right? I mean, it's easy to lose the first 10 pounds in a diet. It's really hard to lose the last 10. 
And so, <laughs> right. Um, uh, as we're all going through our, our, our COVID reduction diet now. <laughs> and, and so, you know, having that outside perspective is re- really, really huge. And, you know, um, when you're looking at, at how you're going to compete in the market, how you're going to win new customers, um, and, and how you're going to capture some of the, some of that as profits for yourself, it can be really important to have that outside perspective who really understands strategy. So Craig, we've talked, you know, kind of the numbers thing and the strategy thing, but let's, let's kind of shift gears to that emotion piece. So, you know, I'm a business owner, probably started, may have started this thing from scratch or had it for quite a while. And not only is it a job and a business, but it's a child, it's mine. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, I don't want to let go of this thing, but I know I probably do at some point I have to let go. What, what kind of transpires? How do you help those people go through that emotion? What, what are the things there that happens? Yeah. You know, that, I mean, the, the analogy that you started Dennis is of a business being like a child. It truly is right. I mean, so many of us, you know, either cried or our parents cried when we left for college or moved out of the house, got married, you know, um, we knew that day was coming and yet we were still emotional about it. Mm -hmm. Right. But the good thing about starting early and extracting yourself from the business as the owner that we talked about before is that you can really learn to look at the business um, without you being part of the business, right? The business in many cases has been ours, right? Craig's lawn care. And that's the way it's named. And, you know, everything about the business is us. Every little thing that goes on in the business from, you know, the drinks in the, in the Coke machine to the biggest customer problems to hiring every employee run through us. And so we're so intimately involved in everything. We can't let go emotionally, right? Go home at night and, you know, you, you scream and, you know, drink some alcohol and hopefully, you know, you don't kick the dog, you go and exercise instead or something, but it's that you have that complete emotional involvement every single day. When you learn to extract yourself from the business, so the business is now an asset that you own and not a job that you own, that that enables you now to learn over a period of time to let go of that emotional stuff, right? And, and, And I would think, Craig, also time is important. This is not something that I need to come up as I'm, let's say I'm gonna be 65, and I've had this business for 15 years. I don't wait till I'm 65 to try no. to sell this business. Right. I need to start thinking about this much earlier exactly. and going through a process to yes. evaluate, plan, do the numbers, do the emotions, all that kind of stuff. So that when I hit that 65 number and I want to get out, it's easier and it's a win for me and for the business. Because I would think you want to make sure that when you sell the business, whoever's buying it, you want them to be successful. Your goal is not to sell them Absolutely. to them and make money and then see them a year later crater and die. So, right. I mean, I Absolutely. think <laughs> yeah. time, time is your friend. It's like investment. You know, the, if I, if you could start putting $50 a week when you're 20 years old versus waiting until you're 50 years old, it's a huge difference of what mm-hmm. happens. To, uh, to paraphrase an old parable or an old saying, When's the best time to start planning for the exit of your business? Well, the day that you started it. When's the next best time? Today, right? Mm-hmm. Don't mm-hmm. wait until the day before or the year before you're going to sell it. Um, you know, you're expecting your kid to go to, to graduate from high school and go to college, and you're emotionally preparing yourself for that time. If you didn't emotionally prepare yourself and then your kid just left, you would be even more devastated, 
right? Mm -hmm. So yep. start preparing for the exit now. Don't wait. Make it so the business is sellable. Make it so you can maximize the amount of, of money that you can get for your business. Make it so that when you exit the business, you are not so emotionally devastated. You can't live the rest of your life, right? Your business is an asset. You wouldn't be devastated by selling a stock. Don't be devastated by selling your business. <laughs> That's, That's a, good a great That's analogy. Good. Yeah. And, and along those lines too, and, and this is more of a soft pedal thing, I, I would say, Craig, you know, we, we put our blood, sweat and tears and Dennis is obviously keying on the emotional aspect of it. What would you say to people who say, oh, I, you know, my business is worth, you know, so many millions and millions of dollars and, you know, I'll never, you know, that's it represents everything to me. And the realistic thing is some people can get devastated and find out, hey, it's not really worth the amount of money that I thought it was going to be worth. Yeah. You, you, you know, there's the, there's the old saying, what's the best kind of wine? It's, it's mm -hmm. the wine you like. Right. Right. <laughs> Um, what's your business worth? It's worth what somebody else is going to pay for it, right? That's what it's worth. And so, um, so don't have an emotional or an attachment to how much your business is. Don't go and set a number mm. that doesn't have um, any basis in reality. The important thing when you're thinking about how much is my business worth, how much could I sell it for, is to get an independent professional to do an evaluation and say your business is worth $750,000, $10 million, whatever the number is, right? And then on top of that, here are the things we can do to turn that 750 into 1.5 or that 10 million into 14. Right. Right. And yeah. so you, you need that third party expertise to help you do that. And, and that's, I think, really important um, when you, even before you're ready to sell your business, five, 10, 15 years before, understand what your business is worth what businesses like yours are selling for and how you can maximize that value. So it's no different than if I'm trying to sell a home, you hire a realtor, the realtor mm -hmm. helps you understand what's the market fair. Yep. Um, if it's a good market, you can set it higher. If it's a slow market, you set it lower. Right. Exactly. Vice versa. That's where someone like Craig, you come in and you help go through these different steps and these different things. So it gives me an, you as an owner an evaluation but also it gives you a strategy or plan of what you can do and where you can go. And then I'm coming from the emotional standpoint. It also gives you that time so that you can plan accordingly and do these things and, and get yourself prepared. Right. I mean, understanding the comps, right. As the realtor would do understanding the, the comps in your neighborhood um, tells you what your house is worth, but the realtor could also say, um, you know, uh, the, the, the purple shag carpet is going to make it harder to sell this house. Why don't we rip it out and spend the money on some hardwood, which is what everybody wants now. And it may not increase the value of your house, but it's going to make it sell it a lot, sell it a lot faster, make it easier to sell. Right. right or everybody in this neighborhood has um, a fenced in backyard, except for you. It's going to be difficult to sell the house for what you want without the fenced in backyard. So you should put in the fenced in backyard. Right. And so that independent professional, that realtor or that business business valuation expert can help you understand what's my house worth, what's my business worth and what should I do in order to make it more valuable. Craig, th this is a topic that I find absolutely, you know, super interesting. You know, I, 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 I think about uh, my exit and though it's, it's probably a little bit longer way than, um, than I would, probably think about is an immediate thing. You know, it's something certainly I, I, I keep in the back of my mind. So this has been super interesting. 
Craig, if people want to get a hold of you and be able to chat with you a little bit more, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Yeah, so go to my website, visionaryresults.com. Mm-hmm. And at the very top, you can schedule what I call a vision quest. And in that vision quest, we will talk about your business, the obstacles to your business, and uh, get a couple good ideas of what you can do to move your business forward, uh, make it more valuable, and get a better strategy to compete in the market. Yeah, fantastic. Well, listen, Craig, we really appreciate the time that you spent with us today. This is a this has been eye opening, and I think there's a lot of good takeaways here. And 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 I'm sure you probably have a lot more that you've talked to somebody about with, and we do in our little uh, in our little podcast time here. But thanks so much for stopping by. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you guys. It's been wonderful. You've been listening to WFH with two guys. We'll see you next time.